Welcome to Oral Phonic, a podcast about PodFit. I am your host, Patika, and I have with me the beautiful... You enough. Thank you for being on with me. Thank you for having me. Our topic this month is cover art, and you are an awesome cover artist. You're the one that did our, like, the cover art that we have for our podcast. And I know that you have left great comments for me on my cover art that is generally not awesome. So I am glad that you could be here there with us. Thank you for having me. So we're going to go straight into news. And would you like to do the first? Sure. Yeah. So in news, which is not so news, we have Putification coming closer and closer to us. In case you haven't heard, Putification is a Putfic convention, uh, pretty friendly, held no, October 22nd and October 23rd, 2016 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So there's going to be a bunch of us Putfic lovers there. Mostly perfect and some stray cats like me. I'm gonna gather and hopefully talk about Putfix and probably record really khaki Putfix while we're there. It's gonna be so amazing. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. And the other piece of news that we have is the Clint Colson Holiday Exchange is running again this year. Signups open on the 14th of September, so that should be yesterday. And <laughs> Uh, they, once again, are accepting Podfic. I have done Podfic with them in the past. It's a joy. Like, they're a great calm, and they're really Podfic friendly. So if you're into Clint Coulson, I suggest you sign up. Great. We didn't have any talkbacks this month, so we're going to dive right into our topic. Cover off. There's so much to say about it. Um, it's one of those things that makes Podfigure so multi-talented because we have to figure out like all the technical aspects and be good voice actors and have to make cover art, although not all of us do. And it's not a requirement, but I'm always so surprised by how awesome people's cover art is. <laughs> we really are. I, I don't think people realize how amazing they are at being this multi-talented and just doing so many fan works crammed into one package that people can download and not give you it's just so much work people you put in it you're beautiful all of you it can be so important like a number of people out there that like won't download a podfic if it doesn't have cover art just because the cover art resonates with them so much and they use that to organize their library or to remember what a podfic is about there can be a lot that goes into it but it is, it is, it's a book cover because it's an audio book cover and we do judge books by their cover at the same time that we don't. Yeah. And it's a very interesting relationship that people have with these visuals. It's funny also because on one hand, we do download Podfix so that we do not have to follow the text most often. Mm-hmm. And then we still use this very visual <laughs> clue to organize it, you know? One of the things that I wanted to talk about was like a little bit of the history behind cover art. Because when I think of like some of my early, early days in Podfic fandom, like 10 years ago, generally the bare minimum information was given. Like a lot of Podficers didn't even post like the summary of the story. It was Mm -hmm. just like fic title, fic author, Podficker. This is the length. Maybe you got a pairing or something. Kind of the information that you see on the audiofic archive. The reason why they used that minimal amount of information was because often that was the minimum information that people were giving. And slowly we started adding like summaries in. Cybel was such an early advocate of cover art. There is a while there where I think it's easy to say that something like 90% of all Podfic cover art was made by Cybel. <laughs> she was the person that really pushed Podbooks as a regular audiobook format because she wanted all of her Podfics in that format. So she just started offering to do it for other people. And like, of course, you need a cover art for it. So she learned how to make cover art to do this. She's done like thousands of them. It's amazing. Um, and she's not as active anymore mm-hmm. in the early days. Like, like she was a lot of it. And Bessie Boo was kind of the next person I remember stepping up. I know my first Podfix don't have cover art. It was actually Cybel made 
a meta post on AO on not AO3, Amplificathon <laughs> explaining like how cover art was so important. After I read that, I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to learn how to make cover art now. <laughs> now, not every podfic has cover art, but most of them seem to. We've come a long way and a lot of people rely on that cover art. A lot of them do, I think. Well, maybe also it depends where we're downloading from. Since Tumblr took off a lot and AO3 and both have pretty solid visual. Well, mostly Tumblr. Tumblr has a very easy way to insert graphics. Yeah. Whereas AO3, you have to host it, which is sometimes a bit annoying. And LiveJournal, you used to be able to just upload it. So very different approach. But yeah, like hosting is a different, like, is it easy? Can it be done? Like, how does it display? That will also influence whether or not people even want to add cover art. I know, like, one of the things that I did a lot in the early days, and to be honest, I don't know how much better I am about it these days. I'm definitely better. I just don't know if I've stopped doing it completely. But I would just, like, take a picture and be like, here's my cover art. And it was rarely square. <laughs> it was generally like a rectangular picture. <laughs> oh, no. Well, also, I think that would probably be helpful if more Podfic challenges had a cover art part. Like, I mean, a lot of them do. Mm. But really the big ones, like anything that Eos Rose hosts pretty much has one because she's very graphic oriented and she's really aware yeah. of that. Also with because of the beautiful layout she makes. I think, like, you know, it's not a focus in smaller places. You know, uh, uh, multi-fan work challenges, they do not make the Podfaker do cover art by force, I think. Yeah. Whereas they do do that for fan mixers. Oh, yeah. Most fest force fan mixers to have a cover and usually even, like, several graphics. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't think that they did that for cover, like, for Podfake, which, thank God, because that's stupid rule. And I say that as someone who really loves graphics, okay? Like, that was just stupid. And demeaning to the audio fan work. And I love cover art, but it's not the same thing. This podcast is going to be all about, like, how cover art is awesome. But you do not need it. It does not validate or invalidate anything, any other work you've put into the podfic. Well, I think it is a completely different fan work that you add on. It is. I personally think that's like, there's a very different type of effort, very different type of talent. And if you think about them more separately, you can have more fun. These days, I'm doing a lot more long podfic. So it definitely seems worth the effort to do the cover art. But like in my earlier days, I did a lot of shorter podfics. And I can spend hours on a single podfic cover because I'm not super talented when it comes to that. I've just learned through force. If I spent like two hours making a 10 minute podfic and then spend like three hours making the cover art, that stops making it feel worth it to do the shorter podfics. For me personally, everyone else is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, sometimes I also feel like if I felt less obliged to make cover art Mm -hmm. then maybe there would be other people that would be like I liked your thing here's a cover art for it that would be way better than what I make myself because I don't consider myself an artist for the cover art that I do it's very obligatory for me I would love to argue with you on this for hours and hours (laughs) I mean I've made some that I'm proud of but I friggin can't deal with fonts if you do not want to make your own cover art there are alternatives or at least maybe we should work on making like as a community work on making it easier to have alternatives in wheel of perfect there was a challenge about challenging oneself and i overdid it as usual and i challenged myself to do 15 types of commenting on perfects like on different media and mm-hmm. several of them involve graphics and cover art and i discovered by that, that there's a perfect cover art welcome tag on AO3. And there was only two people who used it. So I gave both of them cover art. <laughs> because we could, you know. And then I talked about it and people were like, there's such a tag and we can use it. And I'm like, yeah. So I think I would like to invite everyone to use this tag if they don't want to make their own cover art. And for other people who do feel like making cover art to just call this tag or maybe check it from time to time and just make cover art and share it with people. I think it would be lovely. Even if they already have one, just share yours. 
Like the Mona yeah. Maria, that's fine. Post it as a work of its own. That's fine too. And just like make it a fan work of a fan work of a fan work of a fan work. Yeah, actually, the one that I did that Growlery made for me, um, she went and posted it as a fan work and we had ins yeah. mutual inspired buys. That's good. And like a way for people to leave comment for the cover artists specifically. Exactly. And feedback and to like add their own and then you can just make a, a big like loving but fake fan works tree. That would be nice. So and also like don't hesitate to ask on uh, Twitter and Tumblr. Use the perfect tag. There's a lot of people who check those. There's a lot of people who are ready to uh, retweet you, and you will find somebody who makes you cover art. If you have specification, give them. If you want to make cover art and need help, also use these tags, and people will find you. I well, I guess that my personal history with cover art is basically that it always came with perfect for me because I come from very artistic point of view, <laughs> as we can say, since I don't really record pot fake, I just listen to it and draw for it most of the time. Pot fake and art was always intertwined for me. I think like it did grow a lot with years, but people are still reluctant to call themselves artists about it. And that gives me feelings as an artist, because I think a lot of it is linked with feelings of inequity or they don't like the covers that much but let me tell you guys as a fan artist if you waited to like the piece you've just made to call yourself an artist you will never be one yeah like <laughs> go ahead and uh, i mean you don't have to call yourself an artist but just treat yourself like you are treat yourself like a friend and if your friend just made a cover art and it was pretty good you know not the best but it's fine it's cute it works they're an artist, you would not put them down, so don't put yourself down. <laughs> Just own your art, it's cute, it's beautiful. Anyway, so that is my point of view. Also, I have a point of view, like, since I come of it from, I guess, the graphics type too, uh, and I really love to make, when I say I do art, I like to do traditional and digital type of art, so like handheld and computer types. And I do view, since from the start, I really viewed Fotfic as its own fan work. Mm -hmm. I also view cover art as its own fan work. And at the beginning, especially since if you can go back to the history of Fotfic, I know that a lot of people said that Fotfic cover art was basically the fic cover. Because back then you had a lot of banners at the top of fix, you know, like yeah. graphic banners, which kind of died down now. I know some of my early like American Idol covers where there was like one artist whose name I'm gonna get wrong if I try and say it and I'm really sorry who was she actually gave blanket permission for people to use her art as podfit cover arts but she would yeah. like her thing in fandom was going around and making covers for fanfic and then I went and podfic some of them and used their art as the cover yeah. art which <clears throat> was such a relief for me because like I said my relationship with making cover art has been a bit of a struggle <laughs> But that's perfect, you know? Um, <clears throat> and see, like, I think this is the kind of attitude we should have too. Like, these graphics makers, people could do that. They could go around and say, hey, fake writer, I just made a cover for you. Use it if you want. Use it if you, like, don't use it if you don't. That's fine. Just, I'm going to drop it here in the comments and have fun. And sometimes people use it and sometimes people don't. And, like, maybe we should start doing that with Podfix too. One of the things that you said that, like talking about how podfic is really such a grouping of different fan arts. You've got the author that wrote it, the podficker that podficked it, and the cover artist that made art for it. It mm -hmm. kind of makes me think a little bit of the throwbacks to like, you know, classic zine fandom. They used to have a lot of art with that too. And then there's the work of the people packaging it and, and just, or the choosing which stories goes into their design. It can feel a little bit like that with Podfic too. Like you're getting that complete product all in one. Yeah, it, it is a big package deal that we don't really realize or upload enough, I guess. <laughs> because in Zine, like it is not expected that the person who wrote the story will also have done the art. But in Podfic, it kind of is. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of unfair, guys. You already did so much work. Not only did you, you performed it, you recorded it, and then you also have to be like mad graphic skills. What? Like, who has these skills? No one. <laughs> but you have all of these. And it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe I can segue into 
like what I like about cover art is that it can be there's a lot of types of cover art that can be done. There's mm-hmm. obviously types like is it small, is it big, is it text only, is there pictures involved? Are the picture like stock photos? Are there textures only? Are, are they hand down? Are they a fan art that you took and cropped? Or are they like made for that size? Uh, did you draw with words? What did you do with your cover? Is it a GIF? Is it animated? Like you can do a lot of different types of things for very, very different feelings. And I've seen a lot of creativity within the fandom and I, there's still a lot of it to come because people are fantastic at finding new delightful things to do. I've seen college, music, uh, like so many types of fan works. Yeah. can just be transformed and cropped and put into what is technically a very specific canva. You know, it has to be square. It should probably, I guess, most players use square. Uh, we more or less try to post in what, 600 per 600 or less. Nothing really above, I don't know how many bytes, but you don't want it to be too heavy because you don't want the perfect to be, the perfect file to be heavier for that. So like it's, there are very narrow restrictions and yet, People can do so much with it. Like one thing I remember someone talking about, and I don't remember if they actually followed through with it, is they were talking about using the M4B format and the way that you can put cover art for different chapters to do sort of like a picture book with their podfic. You know, as the scenes changed or whatever, they had different cover art for those parts. And that's something that's really cool that I could see being a, a cool exploration into mixing cover art with, you know, the different, that specific format. Yeah, I, I've seen several perfect do that, like rotate cover art, and that's cool. Um, I know that someone who did it and blew my mind at first was Lunchy uh, with the giraffe notes, which I probably read before, but like the story revolves around a series of drawings, like little doodles that one character drew for the other character. And as the story progresses, like the fic writer had done the doodles and included them within the story. And Lunchy used them as covers and included them as like chapter separators. But so that when you listened and a drawing paper popped up, she read a description, like an audio caption. But also the cover would be there on your phone. Oh, that's cool. So it's basically maybe the same as turning pages that you yeah. can just go through and flip through. And I know several people sometimes, there's one Star Trek fic that had 12 different covers because it was 12 different chapters and each cover represents an evolution of the stories that went along. Somebody right now is doing a really long series and for each chapter, they basically use the same picture, but they change the colors as it went so that it was just like the mood just shifts a little bit. But it's still very significant and it still represents something and it's still very, very useful visual clue or in my visual opinion. <laughs> and you can play along with that easily enough, I think, to interesting effect. Yeah, like I think there's still a lot of places we could go with this. Um, I know that there's some pod figures on YouTube and I could maybe see that being a place that you could do exactly. even more interesting stuff. Do we want to start talking a little about the specifics of the art itself? Ink Junket asked, I'm curious what your ideal cover art includes or doesn't have, what metadata, etc. And I would like to like to ask you, what do you think cover art should probably have, like container? I mean, I'm pretty basic with my cover art. I have the fic title the author and my name and because I'm the one that created it I don't add separately who made the cover art because my name's already on it and then I'll have like whatever kind of picture I've chosen to convey what the story is I will generally use pictures of people like the people that are in the story Mm -hmm. but that's not something I think other people need to do it's just how I tend to think of cover art so yeah, I generally just have like those three basic pieces of information. And generally, the art that I choose conveys at least a sense of fandom, if not pairing. Okay, that's fair. So it, like you try to include this information within um, the graphic choice, basically. Yeah, like I said, I generally stick with 
people because that's how I relate to a story. Mm -hmm. Even though I recognize that sometimes taking a picture of that object conveys which story it is. When I think of like, what does this story make me think of? It's generally the people and that ends up on my cover art. So you'll generally be able to tell like, okay, this is an Avengers podfic and it has Steve and Tony in it, or at least it has Steve, or, you know, this is an American Idol one, if you recognize who the characters are. So that's generally what I have. Is that what your ideal cover would be? Is that, is that, that's what you do, but is that what you want an ideal cover to have? And do you want an ideally, do you want all covers to represent? I'm actually a bad person to ask this of, simply <laughs> because as I'm not as visually driven and I don't actually look at cover art that often. Okay. <laughs> I like look at it when I download it, but like the view that I keep my library on, it's like a listing that doesn't show the cover art. And I often listen on a computer instead of on my device or when I do have my device, it's in my pocket. So I don't actually often use cover art that much. So I don't have as many strong opinions on it. Okay. That's fair. I'm not going to kill you for this. <laughs> <laughs> what would my ideal cover art include? I think it will also include that's the title, the name of the pot figure. I do not care about the name of the author on the cover art. Like I actually don't need it, don't want it, but it's fine. It's fine if it's there. And I would love a visual clue, anyhow you do it, about what would be like major tags on this. Is it angsty? Is it happy? Is it her comforty? Is it like what? If there's a clue about the fandom, that's a very good bonus. But like, I would mostly like a clue about the mood mm. because I like it drives my mood and it helps my moods. Like that's also like the, one of the reasons I, I love Potfix about that. So I guess maybe it, what you like about covers also depends what you like about Potfix and what you're looking for in them what people look for in a cover art can be very individualistic to how they use cover art in their own searching for a podfic. Like I yeah. said, sometimes having that picture of like the shoe or like wind chimes or something like, oh yeah, that's that one because not many places will have pictures of random objects. Yeah, I think I come from a point that I really, I do browse by cover art a lot mm -hmm. uh, because I do not like to read worlds. Worlds are my enemy. Um, so I look at pop and if I can, like, if they're individual enough that I can recognize the potfic through the tiny, tiny thumbnail of the cover art, then you're golden. Yeah. So maybe that's also why I look at, like, mood and, and style and things, but also because of my background in, like, graphic skills and everything, I know this is possible, so I kind of, I don't expect people to do it, but I know that people can do this if you do not notice colors in general like because it's just not a big factor for you it's totally logical that you would not expect it or like you know have it in higher standard than anything else yeah and i don't know how much i look at my cover art in the thumbnail size often when i'm looking at it i'm looking at it on my screen at the, like the 400 by 400 pixel level um so i don't know how well it goes in a thumbnail uh, I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally tell you. Yeah, so I think that's useful information. But I do not think there's a particular way to go around having this information. I would like to have a mood indicator, but if the mood indicator is the color red, or if it's because the picture you choose is someone frowning, or it's because the font you use is a very spiky, danger, pow, pow, like font, that is fine. Like all of these will cover my need for information. There's a lot of diversity to be had in there and fun if you let it and if you have time for it or if you want other people to make it. All the information doesn't have to be separate. You can just merge it. You don't have to have a picture and the color and the font and the tags and the names and everything in there. Just like you can move it around. <laughs> but that is more technical. I do not know how technical you want me to get into this podcast. Well, we're certainly not going to get the technical aspect from me. <laughs> it might be good to have like a basic conversation about some of that, because I think that's a question sometimes people have. Like, like I said, I went around making like rectangular cover art for a long time until finally I read somewhere where it's like, it should be square and 400 by 400 is a good size for that. So that's now what I use as my general like 
starting point. I'll make like a, a blank 400 by 400 pixel square and start layering pictures on, on top of it. So that was useful for, to me. It might be useful to other people too. And like when we were talking earlier, you're like, oh, you don't want it to be too big to make the size of the, the podfic larger. And I'm like, I've never even once thought about how large the picture <laughs> file is. Okay, well, if you stay within 400, 400, or 600, 600, you're fine. I've seen some people, I think they didn't know, that their file they posted was really, really big, because probably they used the software where they were, like, zoomed out and didn't notice. Yeah. So the file, like, the picture file itself was, like, 2 meg. That's a big, big, guys, just so you know. It won't load as quick. It'd be a pain in iTunes. Try smaller, I would say, in my non-professional opinion. But like 600 by 600 is very good. 400 by 400 is very good. Smaller than that, you lose space for information. I know it's weird because you, know, you don't have to, but I would suggest thinking that your cover art, it's a very particular type of fan work in itself because it has to look good or optimally, you want it to look good full size, which is not that big, full size, and also in very, very tiny size. None, mm -hmm. No other fan work do that, by the way, just so you know. Like, we don't really aim for it for any other fan work to look really good in big and small. That's just yeah. it. Nah. Some fan vids will aim to have, like, good in full format and in preview, but usually you're one of your own there. You don't want the full size to be too small, mm -hmm. or you won't have any difference between the two, which can also be your point if you want to have a cover art that is the size of an icon. That's fine. I would just say, like, if just to skip over a lot of technical things, some very easy way to find tutorials for your graphic skills making is to look into any fan work that is very popular that looks like it. So if you want tips on how to make your like cover look good even when it's tiny, look at any icon tutorial. There are a lot of them. A lot of them are on LiveJournal. A lot of them are on Tumblr. But just in general, on the internet, icon making tutorial, type Google that. And you will have tons of very, very good tutorials about how to pack information into a tiny space and how to do that using a wide variety of pre-editing software. One of the things you might want to consider is what type of font you use. Because some yeah. font can be changed in size really easily and still look good. And a lot of them will look like crap. Like, let's be real. But icon makers have been dealing with this shit for years, like mm -hmm. for a decade. So they know which font is really good resized, like in tiny size that you can still read. If you're going for something handwritten, it will disappear. If it's too thin, it will disappear. If it's too thick, it will also disappear. It will just mush together. So it's a very particular type of font. But you don't have to aim for that. If you just want it to look good when it's full blown, that's fine too. But keep in mind, if, it, if it's still really thin and full-blown on a screen, I mean, like on AO3 page, it will look good. But I, as soon as it's a little bit reduced or just a little bit cropped and resized, it will disappear. Like it will be too thin to, like it will merge with the surrounding colors. Pretty much all of my fonts on my covers are bold. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people will just bold them. If you want to try it, just make your cover and then zoom in and out a lot. Flip it around just to look like if it still holds good, if it looks like really too weird then you may be still doing something wrong you don't have to know what just play around until it looks good but zoom in and out then you will know exactly what it looks like you know also it will help you know if you get a feeling across if having a feeling across a particular type of mood across is something you care about if you make your preview like your zoom out 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 and make it tiny and if you can still tell what you are going for then you're golden i was going to say about fonts I would say right now, Dafont is the friend. D-A-F-O-N-T dot com, Dafont. It's a huge library of free and safe to download fonts for both Mac and Windows. You can just click around. They're they are organized by types and by um, categories. Like you have fancy, cartoon, graphic, pencils. All of these are categories you can click with previews so you can know what it looks like. And it's really easy to install. Uh, you have to close your editing software install the font, open your editing software, and then it will be up. Some computers require reboot, some don't. It's going to add so much personality and information 
into your title. If you can have the same title and fake titles sometimes are very simple, like one word things and others are like three sentence long, you know, they, they look like Panic at the Disco titles. And I would say that for the really long ones and for the really short ones, font is the most important because in the really long titles, your title will probably take up most of the space you have. So if you also want to convince information about if this is a khaki or serious or horror or what, you might want to go to a font to do that. So if you take a really fancy, cute, hearts on the eyes type of font, we will know this is a fluffy, sap, cutesy story. Only with that count, but if you have the right font, it will look fantastic. And for really short ones, I will also say, like, I also said that maybe it will be important because then you will want your, your one world to stand out. And also because then if you have several perfect with the same title, you will probably be able to distinguish them by the font because it will give a really moody, <laughs> like a very specific mood to your cover. And last, why fonts are important is because if we cannot read the title because you have too much going on on your cover, then I think maybe something is wrong. Maybe not. Maybe you only wanted to have a picture and nothing else. But if like having the title was one of the things you wanted people to have as information, but in the end we can't read it, that's not useful. Like you've just lost it. And that's very unfortunate. I, I have a lot of perfects that have beautiful colors, covers because they tie it so hard, but then they pack so much things into it that we cannot read the title, we cannot read the author, we can't read anything. I can imagine a lot of my perfect covers fit that description. One of the things you will learn by, well, I guess, tutorials with graphics is that too much is not enough and that you can go a really, really long way with simple. And I think that a lot of people sometimes think that perfect covers or graphics are really hard because they overthink it. And if you keep it simple, it will look gorgeous and to the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just hinted for a while about fonts. Something that's really cute and really quick and will work really well for perfect covers is a website that lets you draw with words. Tholman.com texter. And you can type a text and then when you drag your mouse around and it will draw with what you've written. So you can make a heart with it, you can make a happy face with it, you can make a little squiggle, and it will do the squiggle with what you've written. And you can also choose the font. So if you wanted to have like your title and make a heart with it, that is a pain in the ass to do via editing software. You can do it, but it is a pain, let's be real. But this lets you do it with your mouse pad. I've used it for a lot of things. And of course, once you've done your doodle, don't be afraid to just clean cap it and add that on top of another picture if you want it to be fancy. Screen cap is a very valid and very easy way to get source material for your covers. I've used screen caps before in my, my stuff. Like I've done a couple of like Twitter screen caps. Oh, yeah. I just took a screen cap of Twitter and like edited it in to make it look like a tweet. I've seen several people do that, make like a phone conversation or chat or types like that and just add the info in. That is super good. That is very useful. It represents something and it's very, it's still very textual. So you can have all your taste you want and still mean something very easily. I'm pretty sure that text with Cephalopod use that, like they have a chat as the cover and it's very simple and very efficient. I remember I was actually at VividCon and they were talking about it using Photoshop for vids and someone explained how textures work and I was like, oh, that's how. And I, I haven't quite mastered it, but I use it a lot. <laughs> Tell people what texture are. So texture is just like it's generally a picture, but it's got like a pattern or some sort of ripple going through it that you can use to add a bit of a depth or whatever, or sometimes you can use it to hide imperfections underneath it. But the thing that they said in that tutorial that I was like, oh, that was a piece I had missing is I had been putting the textures at the bottom and trying to meld them up, but they said there that it's more effective to put the texture on top and make it like lower levels of opacity and kind of mix it down instead. So that was a big revelation to me. Textures are extremely good to add mood because usually they, they can add grunge. Well, they, they don't add information, that's the thing. They add feel usually. 
textures work really good on overlay, like different layer styles. If you have an editing software that lets you have different layers, all of them have layer styles that you can play with. It's a drop-down menu next to the layer. Yeah. And just for reals, like pick a texture and we will give you links to texture places you can go. Play around with the layer style. Opacity is a very good one. Like that's like the sliding motion can be 100% for full opacity or like 50%. But also overlay, uh, darken, burn yeah. will have a very specific angsty feel. Generally, when I'm doing it, I will literally go through every single one available Yes, a couple times to see which one I like best. Like, I'll narrow yeah. it down, like, okay, darken doesn't work, you can't see anything, here's some of the lighter ones, and I will narrow it down by literally going through every one. You're totally. In no time, you will have a feel for which one you like best and what works and what does it do. You might want to go for textures that are simple at first. Like you can use several textures on one on top of the other with different styles, but that tends to really quickly make you lose focus of the original picture. Mm -hmm. If you pick too much, it will be very, very grungy. So if you go for simpler texture, that will highlight things. I will say wood grain fabrics, like uh, um, jeans texture, leather. Basically, it's like clothes. Like you have textures in your clothing and some of them are very distracting and some of them are invisible because like the eye skips over them, but all of them have a texture and just a different one. Like I said, I'll generally start with like my base pictures, like 400 pixels by 400 pixels, and I make stuff fit in. Mm -hmm. A lot of textures are like three times that size. And so sometimes I can do a lot with it by either moving it around if it's, if it's not completely uniform. So sometimes moving it around, you got like, oh, a lighter patch here, a darker patch there can make a big difference or even just changing the size so it's closer to what it should be but sometimes that can be a really interesting way if you're dealing with something that's less uniform to yep. get like okay this part's darker and this part's lighter let's fit it right here so then this part of the screen is darker to convey this emotion and this one's lighter to convey this emotion and that's especially true if it's a colorful one you can invert that layer too, so that like the blacks become white and the whites become blacks and then all the colors are inverted too. You've just made me realize, I didn't mention this, but something that a lot of graphic makers do and that does help a lot, especially if you're going to do special effects or cut out part of a picture and try to mush them together, is to work at a much bigger scale than what your final product is going to be. And that is why textures are so big. And when you do photo manipulations in particular, you will want to work around at least twice the size of what your end product will be at. And then just like, and zoom out when you work. So like zoom out often to make sure it still looks good when in your final size that you want. If you're going to work in a bigger size Canva than what your end product will be like, you might have to save the big Canva in JPEG and then resize it. Or you might want to flatten your work. In most editing software, if you have something like layers, you will have a flatten or merge all layers option. Yeah. So save before doing that, then do that option, and then resize your work and save that again as another file. So that you have a saved file for the tiny thing and a saved file for the huge unflattened work. One of the things that I've used flatten for the most, I sometimes like to have better defined edges on my cover art. So I will flatten the image and then I'll create like a duplicate layer and then use like the bevel effect or something like that, that you can use between layers to mm -hmm. give like that better edge around it. Do we want to talk a little about the different softwares that people can use? You can use Photoshop or GIMP. I see both in the same line because they are both very similar. Rena does PowerPoint and she lives by that. Uh, for Photoshop, there are free versions for very basic photo editing that you usually can have for free or for trials of how many months and things like that. And they work perfectly fine. They have layers, they have tools. To be honest, like as someone who went in not knowing how to use it, it was very intimidating at first and I couldn't even figure out some of the basic stuff. So maybe having some of the more advanced stuff gone can be a feature, not a bug. <laughs> exactly. I know you can use paint. I've actually seen a really good one with paint. Then you will maybe want to simplicity is your friend because it doesn't have advanced option. It doesn't 
have as many fonts and everything. So it's going to be a bit more of a pain, but still works. Pixelr.com. That's the one that I've started using recently because it's got like a lot of the basic stuff like Photoshop does and it's all online for free. So you can do it on the fly. I also know that there's a decent number of like apps that you can download to a phone or tablet. And I've known some pod figures who've made cover arts entirely on their phone. So there's a lot of options out today, unlike, you know, some of the years gone by. Whatever you have that works, use it. A lot of them have similar options, but you just have to find them. Mm -hmm. Or make the most of the ones you do have. What you will want to do, most of you people, like most people who do cover art, they want a picture and they want text on top of it, and they want to be able to read the text. And beside that, then you can play with the font. You can play with the where, where you put the text would also really influence how the cover looks. You do not have to put it at the top and you do not have to put it at the bottom. It can be on the side. It, can, it doesn't have to be in a straight line. You can play around with the words. Because I see a lot of people try to cam the words on top, even though it will hide the face of the people they're using as a cover image. No, no, it doesn't have to be there. Move it. If you have an empty space in there, you can put the world there. If it doesn't fit, if it's too small, do not be afraid to hide part of your picture. That's fine too. Especially if it's a really known picture. That's one of the things that's very strong about fandom. We become so intimately aware of the source material that sometimes a hint of it can be enough. One last thing maybe about font is if you think your font isn't visible enough, most editing software will have some type of drop shadow yeah. or underline or outline option that allows you to add a tiny glow. Like it can be a light glow or a dark glow, like a shadow or a light around the text that will make it very visible. It's super useful. Don't be afraid to use that. It will not hide the picture as much as you might think it will at first glance. If you do not have that into the pod, uh, into your editing software, you can um, do the text and do the other text. Like make the text, let's say, in black, it's 16-point font, and then make the exact same text in white in 15.9 font and just put one on top of the other, like the white on top of the black, and then the black will work as an outline for the white. That is totally what I used to do when I made the occasional icon in paint back in the day. And I think I'm done about font. I know, I love fonts. <laughs> so now about the picture, like the fandom or the main picture, if there is one. You do not need a picture, but if you have one, uh, there's different types of things. You can have a fandom-related picture, as Baraka said, like with the characters involved, with the setting involved, like if, if it's a fix-it about a particular scene, having a skin cap or uh, an image of that scene will be super helpful information. If your pod fic is about a comic, like having a panel from that comic will be super useful. If it's about the Twitter conversation, having a Twitter conversation in the background will be useful. That's where also skin caps are good. So if, you're, if it's about a movie or anything that can be played on your computer, just blow it up, take a picture, and then you can resize it down and play with that picture. I would say contrast and colors a little, just to heighten it up, because usually what's a, a skin cap will look less shiny. <laughs> so you can shine it up. Like there are skin cap websites, very useful too, especially if you're doing a TV show or something like that. I fell out on TV show cream cap sites, but I'm pretty sure you can just Google them or again, look at what any graphic makers you know are using. They usually have a resource file somewhere like on their profile or at the top of their post if they have a blog where they will list where they take their skin cap from. So that, there you can go to a specific episode, find a specific clothes, a specific look, a specific angle, especially if you want to make photo manipulations, you will want to go to these websites and find a really clear, very sharp picture with a perfect angle so you do not have to manipulate the angle too much on top of all the other manipulation you're doing. 
I'll be honest, like the lazy way about doing this is I'll do a Google image search and that's where I find all of my pictures, the textures that I use, the whatever. And Google image search has some useful like advanced search options where you can say like, only give me something that's this size or larger. And it will also let you choose colors. Yeah, if you know that I'm looking for like a picture of them like in the shadows, you can say this color range I want blues and blacks and stuff like that mm -hmm. or like if you want a screen cap of like a specific picture that you've seen you can say like okay they were wearing a red shirt look for something with red in it I would say that in the graphics community it is good form that if you take a skin cap from a specific skin cap website or person doing a recap and everything to cite it as a source Yeah. I know that the podfake community do not really use side like sources for their pictures. <laughs> in them. Yeah, I'm. I know I'm bad for that. That's I... fine. We just discussions about this. Uh, I would personally recommend it, but especially because of the next part, I would say don't be afraid to use fan art. Ask for permissions, but most artists give permissions for people to make icons and graphics out of their fan art. So especially if there's credit given. It's an extra step, I know, because you have to have permission from the writer and from the artist. But some artists have blanket permissions. I do. I do. I know a bunch of artists who do. It's in their profile the same way that it's for fake writers. You don't have to, but I think it's just, you know, a tiniest bit more fan work of fan work of fan work. Yeah. Kind of cute. It's a good way for kinks. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people use fan art for kinks because you have a lot of kinky fan art going around. And then it will actually be exactly what you're looking for. It's your character in that kink, in that position. Also, usually when you have a fan art, then you don't really need to do anything else with it. You can just slap words on it and that's fine. If you want to rework it too, usually that's fine. But again, take it up with the artist of that piece of fan work because you are remixing their fan work. I think we had Keeper of Seeds asking like a question we haven't really completely answered yet. Is having cover art make people more likely to download info maybe on finding art to use like fan art or stock etc. So we've talked about finding art to use and stock photos. Uh, is having cover art something that make people more likely to download? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person, but I don't think it ever hurts it. No, I've only ever had it made me more interested in what it's there, even though I'm not someone who super uses it. I do know like a few people that like their library is very regimented, so they want cover mm -hmm. art for everything. But I mean, those people are generally also willing to make cover art for things that don't have it. But I do think yeah. it, it makes it that little bit easier for people to download. The only time I can see it hurting is that I've refrained from downloading a few podfix because of the cover art on the very, very rare occasions where I downloaded Podfake at work and the cover art was not safe for work. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you get my drift. Yeah. And then something I would say, even if you're doing something kinky, maybe offer a safe for work option for your cover art. Yeah. So that if it comes up on shuffle, I have the options of downloading the, the one with the safe for work cover art so that my niece will not see it come up on shuffle. Yeah. I've definitely had like some kinky fix where it's like, okay, here's someone tied up or whatever that I could see maybe not being so safe for work. But that's the only thing I could see why it hurts and it doesn't really. Like I should, I could just like download it and remove the cover art as soon as I'm home if I didn't want that to happen. So otherwise I think it will help. But the thing is that you just have to think about the ratio, like how much will it help versus how much do you want to do it? Like, if mm -hmm. you do not want to do it and it makes you cry, the idea of doing it, don't do it. Like, if you want one and ask for it, but if you don't want to do it, it's fine. Yeah, I think if you want it to be available, but it's not something you enjoy doing, that cover art welcome tag is probably yes. perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Or ask on Twitter. I've, I've just went on my, uh, I have a Twitter account called Audiofic Art. Last year, I asked around and several people came out and said, like, I volunteer to give my cover art abilities for anyone who wants them. Whenever people ask for cover art, I would retweet them and usually someone else would find them and say, hey, I can do it. Yeah. They're looking forward to make art for you. 
So you do not have to do it. Even me, who spent most of this podcast talking about how bad my skills are, I would happily make cover up for someone else if they asked me to, or if I got up the gumption to volunteer to. Like, I don't dislike making cover art. I just don't feel it's where my strengths lie. <laughs> if, you, if you're not entirely satisfied with what you're making, if you view yourself as an artist, it will make it easier for you maybe to seek out help as an artist, like to seek tutorials about it and to better yourself. Practice will make perfect. It's fine if your cover art are not up to what you want them to be at first. You will get better with time. You will find tricks. You will find help. That's fine. It, it will shift. Keep at it, I would say. Don't be afraid also to tag your work with perfect cover available or perfect cover art included. Oh, I wouldn't have thought to tag that way, but that's a good point. Some people don't like to over tag. I think you can never over tag too much. You I heard some people who say that if you want, they want inspiration, they just look through those tags at what other people have made. So there was one part of Ink Junket's question that I don't think we answered, where she said, what metadata do we include? Oh, she probably meant on the cover. I was like, I know a lot of people credit the cover artist in the metadata. Yep. Do you have any preference where that goes? Uh, yes, actually. I would not necessarily credit them on the cover. In the metadata, there are, there's an artist, album artist tag, and depending how you use those tags, because of how you view yourself, how you view the writer, and how you put them, usually there's going to be cover art or something like that you can use info on and add. I would say try to use it if you can. And also, if you can, mention them in the body of the text somewhere, because since I've started uh, archiving for the audio fig archive yeah i never know who made the cover if it's not mentioned usually it's because it's the person who made the perfect yep. but if it's not mentioned i don't know and i would love to know when you mentioned the audio fig archive one of the things that i would love to see at some point in the future is when you are searching for podfic wherever that ends up being you could see the cover art as you're searching, like on the search page results. Like AO3 is very obviously fic based, so it doesn't have anything like that. But maybe one of the one day when it does start better incorporating <laughs> other <laughs> works categories or whatever that cool. is they call it, if you could have that thumbnail, it would be so beautiful. It would be. And I think that would really change how a lot of us think about cover art, too, if we yep. knew that it was that prominent. You know what we haven't talked about yet? That not all types of media can have cover art. Isn't there, like, fall types that cannot have cover art? Um, not so much these days. Like, you can put a cover art on, on an MP3. So it sometimes it takes extra steps, but, like... Mm -hmm. We should find, like, tutorials for this, because I think it's a very basic step that maybe people just don't know, like, how yeah. to put cover up. And... I've done tutorials for it. I, can, I yes. can link to them again. But yeah, like, I used to use Media Monkey specifically to add it. You can also use iTunes. Yeah, I use iTunes. Oddly enough, since I've gotten a Mac, iTunes hasn't worked very well for adding cover art. So I got a third-party product, Wondershare. Okay. It's definitely possible to get it on most. I mean, I haven't tried for WAV file. I mean, the main ones that people use are MP3, M4B, M4As, mm -hmm. and all of them allow it. Because it's pretty standard these days. The, the music formats that we buy, you expect to have the thumbnail of the cover art on it. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of the ground. I have cover art text, and you have perfect text. <laughs> I do. Well, my first, okay, so basically I'm going to rank three people who do excellent cover art that I really love. The first one is Fire Juggler. Recently, they've been on a binge and there, I don't know how many latest podcasts have fantastic cover art with beautiful, beautiful font play. When you do art with font, it's called typography. So it's typography art and like that's how she uses the shape of the world to make something new so just look how brilliant she's been at using different fonts to convey different information and how telling these covers are about the perfect within so that's beautiful uh, Bessie Booz art cover are 
gorgeous, just beautiful and shiny, super simple. Most of them are at least they look simple. They are not simple, let me tell you, but they really look simple, but effective. And she's really great at choosing innocuous looking pictures and making them mean something for the fic. So like she will have a picture of a shoe and you will absolutely know what pic it relates to. Police tape. I know they've sometimes has just handcuffs on there, but you know, like if you know the story, you will know uh, what the art refers to. That's really very smart. And last would be Ethel's cover art. She has, um, they have, sorry, I'm not sure. They have gorgeous art too, a really brilliant use of texture, which we mentioned earlier. So if you want to look how that can be done or um, composition too, they play around where the text is. And that can be very effective in making uh, the pictures or the, the textures look framed. You will see when you look at it, like, keep this in mind and look at this beautiful cover art that I've just had. And you will probably be able to tell what I mean. And I hope that any of these inspire you to try, like, playing around with these aspects. And you will find how, how much better instantaneously, like, like, your artwork is. It just adds so much without actually being much more work, strangely enough, or brilliantly enough. <laughs> you know, I, talking of Bessie Boo made me think of one topic that we didn't really cover in the podcast. And I'll do mm -hmm. a quick mention of it now, but I know that Bessie will use original pictures in her, mm -hmm. like in her covers. She will take a picture of something and use that. Yeah. That way you avoid copyright and anything of that sort. <laughs> yeah, and, and it can mean you you have like very specific of what you want. So we're not going to get into that in detail, but that's also something to consider. <laughs> yeah, and it's very easy to do, especially now that I think a lot of us fans have uh, fandom paraphilia, right? At home, we have shield things, we have stickers, we have fan work at home, duty that we picked up somewhere. Just Take a picture of those in any significant way you think of, yeah. and it will make a brilliant cover art. So I'm going to do more traditional recs of some podfics, and <laughs> they're actually both by Badfinch, and they are two Daredevil podfics of Daredevil interacting with the Avengers that I was listening to this month. I enjoy that. Like, There's a lot of Daredevil Avengers crossover stuff in general. And these are just all kind of fun stories of, you know, the Avengers are like, new superhero, glomp, we must work together. And Matt being like, I work alone, oh my goodness. And trying to keep his secret identity. There's The first one is None So Blind, and it was written by Pretty Birdie 979. And it is one where, as he starts hanging out with Clint and some of the other Avengers, they notice that he's having some trouble reading and jump to the wrong conclusion that Daredevil is illiterate. Oh, God. And so it's all about these interactions where, like, Matt's like, well, I guess this is the perfect cover story. No one's going to look for a lawyer if they think he can't. I can't read. But it's kind of like a comedy of errors and how it's driving Matt nuts if they think he can't read. And, and there's, like, some ableism stuff in there. And it's just funny, like, how they react. The other one is Double Blind, and the premise of the story is Matt is fighting with the Avengers when he gets hit with something in the face, and they're like, oh my god, it's hurt your eyes, and you're now blind. And Matt's like, yes, just now. <laughs> and they're like freaking out that he's like still trying to be a superhero. When he, he's just gone blind, but he has not just gone blind. <laughs> So they are both two fun stories of Matt interacting with the Avengers and Bad Finch did a very good job reading it and I enjoyed her like deeper speed voice. It was it tickled me a little. Oh um, yes. <laughs> it's just like the Captain America voice. <laughs> yeah. I've listened I've listened to these two these perfect like yesterday and the day before exactly, so that I, I was laughing throughout this. And I think that Bandfish did a really good job at at the very crack angle of these stories, but also at the angst angle of these stories. Yeah, especially in None So Blind. Yeah, None So Blind has both 
because like on the one side the premise is really crack and fun but also like it reeks of ableism and this is addressed and issues and how to deal with this and the perfecter just was able to switch between moods really well yeah so that's been a pleasure to listen to i especially liked in double blind there's that scene where like the avengers call foggy in and and he's like telling him like i'm blind and he's sounding all choked up because he's choking on laughter and which foggy recognizes but everyone else just kind of hears is like being emotional about losing his sight teary-eyed so like that kind of like as they're discussing it and how she read it it was very fun foggy is always such a marvel in Podfix. like i think his voice is something that resonates with people a lot and they do such a good job at it like Every time he appears in a pod fake, I cack up, basically. Yeah, I love him. Thank you all for listening. That is our episode for this month. Thank you, UA for being on with us. Thank you for having me. And bye for now. Bye. bye.